Hello and welcome to this evidence-based nursing podcast. My name is Kerry Gaskin. I'm an Associate Professor of Nursing at the University of Worcester in England and I'm also an Associate Editor of Evidence-Based Nursing. And it's my great pleasure to welcome Lawrence Kleinman and Christine Schnitz. Larry is a Professor of Paediatrics at Rutgers Robert Wood Johnson Medical School in New Jersey and also Vice-Chair for Academic Development and Director of the Division of Population Health, Quality and Implementation Sciences and Professor of Global Urban Health in the Rutgers School of Public Health. Chris is an Assistant Professor of Paediatrics at Rutgers Robert Wood Johnson Medical School and in the Division of Population Health, Quality and Implementation Science. Today we'll be discussing a study by Glazer et al, published in 2021, titled Hospital Quality of Care and Racial and Ethnic Disparities in Unexpected Newborn Complications. You can find more details about the original study on the description of this podcast. So, welcome Larry and Chris. Would you both begin by introducing yourselves to our listeners? Good morning, Carrie. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm Larry Kleinman. I am a general pediatrician, and I have been working for 30 plus years on the quality of health care, mostly but not exclusively regarding women and children. Lovely. Thanks. And Chris? Thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much for having us. Excited to be here with you today. I am an academic general pediatrician, and my work has been primarily providing clinical services to and developing and evaluating services for vulnerable families. I have previously developed and led multidisciplinary primary care programs for children, including those of teen parents and children in the child abuse system and child welfare system. Right now, I'm doing related research on the intersection of social determinants of health, equity, and vulnerable families. Thanks again for having us. Thanks, Chris. Okay, so would you start by giving some background to the issue outlined in the study related to hospital quality of care and racial and ethnic disparities in unexpected newborn complications? What we know is that health disparities in the United States exist based on where people live, whether it's urban or rural communities, race and ethnicity, and social economic factors. This study focused on racial and ethnic disparities where Black, Hispanic, white, and Asian mothers sought care and the quality of the care that they got by the hospitals where they went to deliver their low-risk babies. Neonatal death is more than two times as common among Black infants, and significant morbidity and mortality exists for Black and Hispanic infants in the United States. But most of the research that we've done so far prior to this study has really looked at preterm infants because the rate of Black and Hispanic infants delivering early is greater than those of white infants. And so much of the previous research has really looked at those requiring NICU or neonatal intensive care unit stays. This paper is unique in that it looks at the unexpected complications of low-risk infants, those that are expected to have a really healthy delivery. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. So, Larry, um, Here in the UK, we've recently had the Ockenden report, which looks at maternity services. And I think the results of this study that we're talking about here has probably wider focus than the neonatal deaths. And we could probably talk about maternal deaths as well. Is there anything you'd like to add there in terms of background? Thank you, Carrie. I think it's worth noting that members of this same team led by Dr. Howell, who is the senior author on this paper, I have done work specifically looking at maternal morbidity and mortality 
they have found that you can identify hospital-related quality differences that they uh, do contribute to disparities. And they also have found that some of the measures and metrics that are endorsed for use may not be sensitive enough to identify the quality factors that are important in contributing to some of these differences. And I think it's worth remembering that we should think about children in families, mothers and children, and mothers and children in families, because the implications ramify. And uh, if a mother is ill or dies, that impacts the child. If the child is ill or requires lots of special care after birth, that impacts the mother and family at disadvantages for financial situations. There's so much interrelatedness in this field. And this study focuses beautifully on issues around quality. It also dovetails with other research regarding social determinants, community contexts, and more specifically, maternal health. Thanks, Chris and Larry, for the background. Um, So, Larry, what did the researchers investigate in this study? What this study did was built on prior work, some of which I was actually involved with with some members of this team, to look at hospital quality of care and outcomes in newborns and neonatal deaths. That prior work, as Chris was saying, focused on smaller preterm babies who required neonatal intensive care. This study, in contrast, used very sophisticated statistical methodologies to assess the contribution of the hospital quality of care on deaths of children for whom death was thought to be a low risk. So this study had a higher challenge to develop findings because the infrequency of events overall makes it harder statistically to identify differences. However, these researchers very thoughtfully showed that women who were Black and Hispanic were more likely to go to hospitals that had worse outcomes than were women of white or Asian ethnicities. This adds to the data and the evidence that quality of care makes a difference even in hard outcomes like mortality and even in low-risk circumstances. Thanks, Larry. Chris, I think you're answering the next question, which is about the conclusions that were made by the authors of the original paper. As Larry already alluded to, the investigators concluded that in addition to accounting for and addressing patient level factors like social determinants of health that we often think about when we're providing clinical services and trying to provide the type of wraparound um, holistic care that we want, we also need to focus on differences in hospital quality. And that was their main conclusion, that we need to address the differences in hospital quality in order to close the racial and ethnic gaps and disparities that we're seeing among these infants, these healthy infants. 
Thanks. That's really interesting. And Larry, can you tell us whether you agree or don't agree with the conclusions and and perhaps expand on why that might be? I absolutely agree with these findings. I think they are disturbing and powerful and very convincing. The approach that the authors take adapts very faithfully to prior methodologies that have been well validated for looking at these sorts of questions. They took great care in thinking about these issues and they demonstrated conclusive outcomes. There are opportunities, of course, to enhance the way this was done or to enhance uh, the presentation of the findings. For example, it is likely that women who may experience adverse social determinants of health or have so in the past where they've had a more difficult life course may have worse outcomes because of issues related to uh, toxic stress or wear and tear on, on the women prior to being in the hospital. This cannot be examined fully, although they did a good job of trying to find proxies that would help them adjust for those findings. It also in some ways likely understates the overall impact because for every child who dies, there may be others who were injured or whose life course gets off to a more rocky start with downstream implications. That was beyond the scope of this study, but is probably an important implication. And then a, a methodological nitpick is that For looking at the impact of individual factors, the authors presented it in terms of odds ratios, which are not as intuitive uh, for understanding as risk ratios, and sometimes very slightly uh, can exaggerate unusual effects or very common impacts uh, outcomes might be overstated compared to what people think of when they think of the chance of something being at a higher rate. So that's why risk ratios might have been a little bit more informative. But in terms of accuracy, uh, odds ratios are accurate for what they are and still have their own intrinsic value and meaning. Thanks, Larry. Some good points there. Um, Chris, what do you think the implications are for practice um, from these findings? This study tells us a lot, and its focus on hospital quality must be a major focus for us. Children who are not supposed to die or have birth complications should not be dying and should not be having these complications. So all hospitals really should be focusing their practice, and policymakers should be focusing on aiming for the highest, best quality of care possible. Therefore, hospital administrators, clinicians, must measure and assess the quality of the care they are providing and set up systems and provide resources that are necessary to achieve excellent care. But I think one of the more important points about this is that this information really needs to be accessible and disseminated, and mothers should be empowered. Patients and mothers and families should be given access to the quality data and the information about the hospitals that they're going to, or about the hospitals they have access to so that they can make choices about where they want to go when they have that option. I think this data needs to be accessible and meaningful to them. 
That way, patients can demand high quality of care and hospitals are held accountable. Because after all, low-risk infants should not be dying and should not be facing these complications. Indeed. Is any further research needed in this area? I think there is, Carrie. And, and I'd actually like to amplify the last point that Chris made to say that neither should the children be dying, nor should their parents and families be having to deal with such loss and in aggregate their communities. So I think that this is, uh, this is incredibly important on both individual level, the family level, and the community level. And of course, that all makes it important for our society and, and our broader community. I, I think there are other opportunities for research. I think one thing that again relates to a point that Chris made is what is the impact of measurement on performance? So if hospitals were looking at this and knew where they stood in relation to others, does that motivate them to improve on their own? A next level of that study might be if this data were made publicly available and shared among hospital administrators and or among patients, how might it change the behaviors and the performance and the outcomes uh, within the hospitals? And how might it affect the behavior of patients as consumers when there are choices? Of course, we know they don't, not everybody has a choice of where to go or where to deliver. But I do think that, uh, that, that systematically identifying these issues are important. I do think it offers an opportunity to engage clinicians, hospital administrators, and families to try to identify uh, solutions, interventions, ways to improve from the current situation. And as I, uh, in relation to what I mentioned before regarding life course, uh, there's the opportunity to better understand life course as uh, a predictor or a potential contributor to this uh, to these disparities of course that will require involving policymakers and others beyond the, uh, the the clinical system to fix but it may be important it also invites uh, more detailed longer follow-up of children who are born at these different hospitals to see if other outcomes, developmental outcomes, potentially other life course outcomes, educational attainment, job attainment, and other things that are much longer term vary. And I do think that it reminds us that when we see the tip of an iceberg, it's important to think about what lays below the tip and often to investigate and explore so that we can extend our knowledge, extend our understanding beyond the uh, empirical phenomena to an understanding of why, how, and then, of course, what we can do about it. Absolutely. I think uh, there's some interesting suggestions there for future research, Larry, and particularly from a variety of directions and perhaps even expanding some of those studies globally. So finally, Chris, if listeners were to take one thing away from this podcast, what should it be? Well, I hope that both our discussion today and this article in general really calls us to action. We know that dissemination of information into clinical practice can take years. 
but this issue requires immediate attention and cannot wait. It requires the attention of clinicians, patients, administrators, and policymakers right now, and I hope that we all start to move forward to make a difference and close these gaps. And and just adding to that, there is a saying that is far too true in the United States that geography is destiny. We see that the unfavorable distribution of social determinants of life and other characteristics in the community have implications for lifespan. We now see that it's true for healthcare and for neonatal mortality as well, even among those who are expected to grow up healthy at the moment of their birth. And I just think this adds to the urgency of what Chris was saying. Thank you. And I'd like to say thank you to both Larry and Chris for this podcast this afternoon. And also thank you to those of you that are listening. So you can subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and a review on the Evidence-Based Nursing podcast page on iTunes. And you can find a link to it in the description of this podcast. That helps more people to find us. Thank you, everyone, and see you soon.